Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Can you shout praise the Lord today? Isn't it great just to wake up and to be living for the Lord, to be in love with the Lord and His Word, and to know that each day His mercies are new and that God has a great plan for your life. I tell you what, God's going to do some amazing things for you as your destiny continues to unfold. The best really is yet to come. You have not yet stepped into the fullness of what God has preordained for you to do, but you're going to. And I be, I believe today you'll take, you'll take a great leap forward. Praise God. It's the word of God in the knowledge of his word applied to our life that really does cause us to make these, how can we say, quantum leaps spiritually? Woo, glory to God. Let's talk about it today. But first, before we get into that message, let's receive the tithes and offerings. I want to read to you from Romans chapter 13 and verse 6, the Apostle Paul teaching uh, about obeying governmental authorities continues by saying, because of this, you also pay taxes for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs fear, to whom fear, honor, to whom honor. Praise God. Look, my friends, we as believers need to always obey the law. Hallelujah. Don't ever break the law. If you're obeying the law, you never have to be afraid or fearful of the law. So, you know, obey the law. Praise the Lord. Anything to do with money, hear me today, anything to do with money, do the right thing legally and also in the eyes of God. And of course, if it's in the eyes of God, usually the legal system lines up with that. But you know, somebody might say, Pastor Stephen, it's not fair that, you know, the government is taking 35% of my money out of my pocket. You know, they're deducting that because of my taxes. Well, you know, it just is what it is. And it doesn't mean that that's, you know, right, but it's an imperfect world. And so, you know, we just believe for the best. We believe God to bless us financially so much in a way that we can prosper and still be able to pay our taxes. And God can still bless our nation and we go forward. But the main thing is do everything legally, do everything by the books. You know, I was talking to a, a pastor a couple of years back and just sitting in his office with him. And he was raised up under a great man of God. If I said his name, uh, you would know exactly who he was. Uh, and now, now, now you hardly even hear of him. He's totally off the radar now, this former great man of God. But this pastor said, uh, he said, Stephen, this guy was my mentor. He raised me up in the ministry. I went with him everywhere and, and so forth. And uh, he said, I met him at the airport and picked him up when he came back in from an international trip, came through customs, came through security, and, you know, got his luggage there at the uh, baggage terminal and I picked him up and when he got in the car he had a trench coat on and he sat down and he began to open up the trench coat that he wore off now he came off the plane wearing the trench coat goes through customs gets his passport stamped as he's entering back into the nation and uh, you know they didn't have the security measures they do today as far as maybe checking something that looks suspicious but nevertheless, he goes through. This is a world-famous minister. Goes, gets his luggage, gets picked up by the gentleman I'm talking to. And he said, he said, Stephen, when he opened up his, his uh, overcoat, he, it was full of cash. So if you're coming back into the nation, there's a certain amount of money that you're allowed to bring back. You don't have to report it. But if it's over that amount, you are required legally by law to write it down and to report it. By the way, there is another minister sitting in a prison right now who did the same thing and did get caught. And he's been there now for about seven years. The thing is, anything to do with money. Oh, let me insert this. Don't think this just applies to ministers. Yes, Pastor Stephen, ministers really need to do the right thing. Everybody needs to do the right thing. And ministers live in a flesh and blood body, just like you do. We can make mistakes just like anybody else can. 
I know that as as ministers, representatives of the Lord, we should set a standard. So uh, don't look for loopholes just because somebody else made a mistake. Main, the main thing is we're all accountable for the Lord. And when it comes to money, always do what's legally right with money. Always pay your taxes. Always do what's morally right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm not on the law anymore. I can do whatever I want with whatever I want. Well, I, I understand that we are in the age of grace. I understand that the law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that I don't wake up in the morning and have 613 rules and regulations hanging over my head. And if I break one, I'm in hot water. Okay, I, I know I'm not dealing with that. But you have to understand the moral code of the law is eternal. Okay, so for you to say that you're not in the law, I mean, are you saying that stealing is now okay? No, it's not. Stealing was wrong before the law was ever instituted, and it will, it, was, it will always be wrong. Don't ever steal. Okay, and everything else on that list of the Ten Commandments, you know, don't, don't break them. Follow the law. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm not under the law. It is true that the legal letter of the law you're not bound by, but you are bound by the Word of God, the principles and the commandments and the ordinances of the Word, and if you break them, it will be to your own detriment, and it will hurt you, and you don't want to find this out the hard way. You need to obey every single instruction in the Word of God just, to, just as implicitly as you can, and as quickly and as clearly as you can. Don't break it. Praise God. Woo! Praise the Lord. You know what? I know in the New Covenant with grace, you, you don't need placards and signs all over the place telling you, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. You, you don't really need that as a child of God. Why, Pastor Stephen? Because I don't need a police officer on every corner telling me don't speed. Okay, if I see the speed limit, okay, that's good. Let's, let's stay under that. I don't need officers on motorcycles uh, holding radar guns at me. And now, now, some people do, and those are the ones that love to break the law. That's why those officers are there because there are people like that out there. But the thing is, as a believer, you've got something even more powerful than a police officer sitting on the block watching you, or 10 police officers maybe watching you. You have God living on the inside of you. He doesn't let you get by with anything. Okay, the closer you get with him, the closer the Holy Spirit says, let's obey the law. Let's do things right. Let all things be done decently and in order. You know, one time I was going down the freeway with a, with a minister friend. This minister friend was best friends with a world-renowned evangelist. And if I said his name, you would all know who I'm talking about. And we're going down the freeway, and we're, we're going to a meeting. He and I are both speaking together. We're going to tag team together. And, you know, Southern California traffic. And so we are... We're over, you know, got eight lanes of traffic going one direction, but we're not, we're, we can't get into the carpool lane. We, you know, we were just in an area where you can't get in. And uh, he said, he said, Stephen, he said, cross the line and just get in anyhow, because every minute counts for us getting out of this traffic, getting to the meeting on time. I said, well, we left early. We'll be okay. We, we don't need to do that. He said, Stephen, he said, you need to get over now. He said, just cross the line. He said, there's, there's nobody behind you. Uh, nobody will see. Just go ahead and do it. And he, 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 I mean, it's like a sudden pressure came through him just to do that for about 15 seconds. He really pushed me. And then we crossed another little area where, okay, now you can't get into it even if you want to, because now there's like a wall or something between you and the thing. He said, Stephen, I can't believe you didn't do that. I said, no, I said, it's morally wrong to do that. He said, wow. He said, my friend and named the world famous evangelist. He said he'd do that in a second. I said, let, let me tell you how Stephen Brooks works. I don't know about your world-famous friend. He's a great guy. He can get, uh, he, he's got miracles popping through him uh, like popcorn. That, that's cool. But let, let's just get, let's get off the platform and get off the stage. And let's, let's get down just between us and God as individuals. Here's how, here, here's how it works for Stephen Brooks. The moment you tell me to get out of this lane, cross the line that I'm not supposed to, and get over there in the carpool lane and just break the line when it's illegal. The moment I do it, why do I see police sirens in the background? Because God doesn't deal with me like that. The closer you get to God, 
The closer you get to God, the Holy Spirit won't let you get away with anything. Praise God. I mean, he's on it. He's on it. This is way beyond a legal, a legal letter of the law that says don't do it. Because if you don't see the law, maybe you forgot, maybe you're going to break it. But the Holy Spirit's living in you all the time. Always do the right thing with money. Don't cheat. Don't, uh, don't defraud people. Don't steal from people. Not, don't steal from your boss. Don't steal time from your boss. Woo, hallelujah. Well, the boss is not here. I guess I can just kick back and slack in my work now, drop it down from 100%, drop it down to about 30% now that he's gone. No, no, don't don't steal from him just because he's not watching. Give your best all the time. Why? Because ultimately you work for the Lord. Easy to say that, right? Different, different to apply it when we're actually out there involved in it. So my friends, anything that belongs to the government, Give it to the government. Like Jesus said, that which belongs to Caesar, give to Caesar. That which belongs to God, the tithe, give to the Lord. Praise God. My friends, having said that, let us now bring the holy tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. If you would like to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, our zip code here is 28117. Okay, if you want to go online, bring them in safe and secure through the online uh, credit card transaction, please go to stephenbrooks.org website. There on the homepage is a link called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. And click on that, process that. They will come immediately into the storehouse of the ministry here. Father, I thank you for your people. Let them follow your word. Let them always pay their taxes. Let them do it joyfully. Praise you, O God. And Father, we just give you praise that we live in this wonderful nation, a nation that is not perfect, but a nation that is based on Christian biblical principles. Now, we thank you. We give you praise. We ask, O God, that you uh, would bless our nation, that you would bless our president. And Father God, bless your people with the, with the most amazing prosperity they've ever had in their lives, gladly paying the tithe, gladly paying the taxes, and with a ton left over. We give you praise for your prosperity and for your ordinances and commandments, which are holy and pure and peaceful. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And today around the world, we say, amen. Glory to God. Now, let's go over to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Let's talk about the mind of Christ, the humility of Christ, and ultimately, because of that, the exaltation of Christ, knowing that he is our pattern and that by his grace we can emulate this just as much as possible. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, let your Holy Spirit illuminate your word. The eyes of our heart be flooded with light. We can grab it and begin to apply it to our life today. Father, let destinies be unlocked in the name of Jesus through this teaching today. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Now, we are in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. The Apostle Paul said, let this mind be in you, okay, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, let this way of thinking, let this type of understanding be in you. Wow, and it is, it's not orthodox. This is not normal, what you're about to look at here. The, the normal way of thinking is self-preservation. I'm, you know, if the ship's going down, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm getting off this ship and I'm getting into a lifeboat. Who cares about anybody else? I'm, I'm, I'm going to preserve my life. Okay. What you're about to read through the mind of Christ and through the actions of Christ will be, in essence, you losing your life so that you can really find out what real living is in Christ. We want to talk about this. Let this mind, the word, this can even refer to attitude. Okay, this way of thinking, this mode, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the anointed one Jesus, who being in the form of God, praise the Lord. He's in the form of God. Wow, hallelujah. Mm -mm. 
the form of God, Jesus, is God. I, I know some people don't believe that. My daughter asked me a question about a certain cultic religious group. She said, she said, Daddy, what do they believe? I said, they don't believe that Jesus is God. They believe that they also believe that Lucifer was Jesus's brother. You're talking about some weird cooped up stuff. But let me tell you right now that there is one God comprised of three distinct persons. They each have their own personality, and there is also submission in the Godhead. The Son is submitted to the Father, and the Spirit is submitted to Jesus. So it is God the Father, it is Jesus the Word, the Son, and it is the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Well, I don't understand. Well, join the club. It's called the Holy Trinity. Uh, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but it is just a, a theologian's way of trying to grasp this divine mystery of God, three persons, yet one at the same time. And by the way, 10 million years from now, we'll still be trying to figure it out. It's not so much trying to figure it out. It's just trying to grab it. So there, there are spiritual things. You can only grab them by faith. Your intellect's never going to really say, okay, now we've got it all resolved. Well, it's never going to be resolved or God wouldn't be God. There will always be mystery. There will always be things that are beyond us simply because he's God and we're not, praise God. And I'm happy with that. Praise the Lord who Jesus being in the form of God. Now watch this did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Hmm. We need to expand on that a little bit so we can extract this meaning. This meaning. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Okay, so that's that's starting to open it up a little bit. Sometimes if, if you see something that seems kind of, I can't quite grab what is being expressed here. Get a different translation. Get three or four. I've got access to, oh, I, I don't know how many translations. I've got a really good one. Uh, let me show you this one. Praise the Lord. I've got them all around me. I've got, I've got Bible translations behind me. I've got them. I've got them here, there, and everywhere. Here's one I really like. It's called the New Testament by Kenneth S. Wiest. It's an expanded translation, and Mr. Wiest was an incredible Greek scholar. I mean, uh, this guy this guy was amazing. Uh, he was professor of New Testament Greek at Moody Bible Institute. He passed away in 1962. And, uh, oh, you're talking about rich. You, you have to understand, I love the English language. And, uh, you know, I'm a wordsmith. I, I, I'm a writer, so I've got to work with words. And I, I've gotten a pretty good grasp on the English language. But if we're going to compare to English to the Greek, I'd say the English is like a really good Toyota. And the Greek is probably like a BMW or a Mercedes. Uh, you know, the t Toyota, great car. It'll get you to where you're going, and you're not going to have any hiccups or problems. Uh, but if you want to get out of the plastic and get into the leather, you need to go into uh, something that's a little different, a little higher up. So uh, if you want to know more, dig out more of these rich meanings, you're going to have to get some of these types of translations that will help you. Come on, invest $19, $20 into your life. Get things like that. Add them to your library. You'll be glad you did. Praise God. Okay, so Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. I think that if I were coming from heaven, and, and I, I'm just thinking from, from me, from a human perspective, okay, let's say that I'm God. I, I, I'm Jesus. I, I, I'm the Word. Jesus, before he ever came to the earth, was known as the Word. Let's say I'm the Word, and I'm in heaven, and I'm talking it over with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. And I say, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go down there. Now, once I got down there, I would, oh, if it was me, with my natural uh, self and the inherent sin nature that I would, uh, I would have and so forth, what I would probably do is, although I've left heaven, I would, I would still try to somehow use this advantage that I'm God. I would, I would just drop it. Uh, you know, like people name drop. If they know somebody famous, they do name dropping, try to like maybe ride that coattail. I would still try to extract some advantage out of that and use it for my good. But Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage.
Jesus could have gone up to Peter the first time he ever met him and said, hey, um, look, I know you're a fisherman. Uh, you're taking care of your family. It's not a very lucrative business. You know, why don't you come with me and be my disciple? Uh, by the way, do you know who I really am? And he might, Peter might say, well, I, aren't you that guy, Jesus from Nazareth? You're a carpenter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's who all they say, say I am. That's kind of like my uh, outward ID. Let, let me show you who I really am. I'm really God. Watch this. I'm going to pull a rabbit out of my hat. Watch this, Peter. Whoosh. Look at that rabbit. Wow. Hey, would you like to see something else? Because they don't all really know it yet, but I'm God. You are? Yes, I'm God. I, you know, but see, Jesus didn't do that. He could have, but he didn't. He, he just, he just did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage when he came down here. That, can you imagine if you were, if you were God, would you and you would probably think that if you had a if you had a sin nature, you would think, what can I do to use this to my advantage now that I'm down here? This is what we do. Sometimes we want to express to people in a sense do you know who i am you know and if you were god woo and 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 you were in the flesh that would be really hard to control that you know somebody gave you a bad day or what what if somebody cooked your food wrong at the restaurant and you eat it and your your orders all messed up hey you got my sandwich wrong well sorry about that hey do you know who you did that to well you're just joe right joe i'll show you who i am i'm god you are? Yeah, and I'm going to prove it to you right now. You know, Jesus didn't do that. It would be like, uh, it would be like you. Let, let me, what if for one day you could be Bill Gates, okay? What if you had $80 billion cash in the bank and you're the wealthiest person on the planet, okay? What if you were Bill Gates just for a day? You are. You're the wealthiest person in the world for a day. And you're sitting at the park bench all by yourself at a park, and somebody comes and uh, sits down also at the other end of the park bench just to rest. And maybe somehow a conversation is uh, struck up, and you and this person are talking, and this person is just talking to you like you're just some average normal person like he is. Would you feel tempted to maybe kind of just drop it in there somehow? Hey, uh, by the way, do you know who I am? No, I don't. Who are you? You look just like a normal person. Well, I, yeah, I wasn't going to really bring it up, but you know, since the conversation has kind of gone that direction, I just, I just kind of wanted you to know I'm the wealthiest guy in the world. You are? Yeah. How about that? Isn't that cool? Aren't you, aren't you just blessed to be able to sit next to me? You know, it's, but see, Jesus just, he didn't do any of that. And he's God. This is God coming to the planet. And he's not using any of that to his advantage. None of it. I mean, this, this, is, this is a level of humility that is unlike anything ever seen on the planet before. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. And I think in many ways we use sometimes almost everything we can to our advantage, to try to persuade people, to try to Im impress people, to try to, uh, you know, there's an element, put your best foot forward, but there's an, also an element where that's just human nature. So much boasting and arrogance and a parade of the flesh in so many ways and, and prideful arrogance and, and the Lord just didn't come in on that platform. Not, he didn't come in like that at all. It really is amazing. By the way, let this mind be in you. Woo! Woo! It's like, it's like if you were the greatest singer on the world. Uh, it's like if you were the Pavarotti, the uh, Placido Domingo, and you, had, you, you were this person that was the greatest vocalist on the planet, and you go to a singing class, and all the students are training, and they, they don't know who you are. Would you be tempted to maybe let it slip out who you are? Or would you just be content to sit there and encourage them and teach them and never, never even let them know that you're the greatest singer all, out of 7 billion people, maybe the greatest one that ever lived? Would you, would you be willing to just shut all that off? Wow. We have this thing in us. We want people to know. Want them to know 
I'll tell you who I am. But see, we, 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 uh, we have that thing in us. Let this mind be in you. Jesus did not have that. Wow. He did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Woo! Glory to God. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation. I think, I think we could take that one statement right there and just talk about that and close the meeting today, and it, we could walk away full. He made himself of no reputation. Look, it can take a lifetime to build a good reputation as a businessman, as a person, as a corporation, where you, you have a good name brand. And it could take 100 years to build it. It could take 40 years of, of good dealings. And it is said you have a good reputation. It has been built up for decades. Well, what do you do when you have a good reputation, a perfect reputation for all eternity past, and you can't use it? You, you, can't, you can't use it. You have to come in and drop your entire phenomenal track record, your resume, your reputation, and you, you just don't use it. Wow. Woo. What if you're going to a job to apply? You want to make your best representation, but you can't. You just your resume's blank. Okay. He came in with a blank resume. He had no reputation. How about that? He made himself. The word made himself is he emptied himself. Literally in the Greek, he poured himself out. Mm. I talked to a pastor friend of mine years back, and he said, uh, he said, Stephen, when I moved to the state and when I came to this city, nobody knew me. I couldn't leverage any of the great reputation I had back in my home state. Back in my home state, Everybody knew me. Everybody knew my family. Everybody knew my daddy. He was a well-known minister. And if I would have stayed there, I had all that momentum. I had, I had all that notoriety. I had a, a pre-built reputation that I could launch from. But God told me to go to this other state and pioneer an apostolic work. And I went out there with no reputation. Why? Why, why would God do that to a person? So that it will be established by the Lord. So that it will be established by the Lord. And the Lord raised it up. He had a powerful work. Wow. But he had nothing to start on. He came in with no momentum. He see, he, don't you see? He came in low. He came in low. Nobody came in lower than Jesus did, though. He came in so low that his own people didn't even recognize him. Oh, my goodness. He had no reputation. No reputation. I mean... I mean, what are they going to say? Behold, the carpenter of Nazareth. Oh, okay. That's, ooh, that's really going to get a lot of recruits. Okay, we're all going to follow a guy with a hammer and some nails. So that, no reputation. He came in very, very low. Lord, we give you praise today. He emptied himself. He surrendered all of his divine privileges. Praise the Lord. Well, it keeps getting lower. It keeps getting lower. By the way, how low can you go? How low can you go in pleasing the Lord, in pleasing your fellow man, in being a servant? How low can you go? Woo! Praise God. Well, he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. Well, if I was going to come into the planet, I'd be like, well, okay, Lord, I'll do this. Father, I'll do it. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to redeem them. Uh, I'm going to come in as a king. Yeah, I think they'll identify better with the king. The Holy Spirit, don't you think that's a good plan? I should come in as a king, right? He came in willingly as a bond servant, as a bond slave, serving God and serving the people of Israel, even serving the Gentile world by laying his life down at Calvary. He was the servant washing people's feet uh, or, or washing their feet putting his hand on disease-ridden lepers, praying for people, working day and night. Uh, th this is the servant. This is the servant. Oh, Lord, we praise you. Hallelujah. We give you glory and honor. Came in very, very low, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. Ooh, come in in the likeness of men. Oh, oh, I've got a good idea on this one, Holy Spirit. Okay, well, if, if, since I'm not going to come in as a king, I'll, I'll come in as a bondservant, but 
let's let's change it up a little bit since I am going to come as a man. I'll come in. Uh, I'll come in and I'll look like the comic book character Thor, who's now the movie character. Yeah, I'll come in like that. That way, I'll come in looking really cool. Six foot four, two hundred forty pounds. Uh, I'll come in and I'll, I'll wear a tank top with uh, 24-inch biceps flexing, veins bulging and popping out, and I'll come in with 3.2% body fat, and I'll say, I've come from the planet of Asgard to redeem you. Or I'll say, I've come from the planet of heaven. So you, 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 you see how all of this mythology stuff is out there. They, they, can you see how they got it all wrong? Can you see how Jesus is so different? Hercules, yes, the son of Zeus, came into the world strong and muscular and fought the Medusa and fought the Cyclops and whooped them all. He's the man of power and strength. Jesus, nope, didn't do it like that. Would be fun to do it like that. Can you see the way natural man thinks? This is how natural man would come in. These legends, these Norse gods, these mythological gods, the Greek gods, they all they all have their own version. How about a modern day one? Superman. Oh yes. Let's come in like Superman. Six foot six, two hundred and seventy-five pounds, blue eyes, beautiful black hair, chiseled jaw, shoulders so wide you can hardly walk through the door. Quads so large they call you Quadzilla when you go to the gym, to the gym, and a back so muscularly developed that you can lift a car. No, let's lift a freight train. No, let's throw some flying in there too. Let's come in from the planet Krypton, and let's really show them what we can do. Nope, didn't come in there like that either. Wow, can you look? He did not come in the way men think. An introduction should be made. Well, if I want to come in like a man, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be a billionaire. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start my own business when I'm six, and I'll get on. I'll get on the cover of Time magazine before I'm even 18, and I'll be making billions of dollars. That way, I can get everybody's attention and buy airtime and promote my ministry. Yes. I'm going to come in as a billionaire. Father, isn't that a good idea? Holy Spirit, do I get a witness on that? He didn't do it. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, let's try it like this. Since we are going to come in as a man, and since I'm going to humble myself and step off the God platform and step into the human platform and and just take this tremendous demotion, let me come in with a high IQ. Yes. Let me combine it like an IQ of Samson and Einstein and Tesla and just put it all together, something that's over 200. Because anybody with an IQ of over 150 is considered a genius. Let's just come in like it, like right around 220. Yeah. That way when I talk and give mathematical equations and formulas, they all sit back and their jaws drop and they go, ooh, ooh, aren't you wonderful? Yes. Nope. Didn't do that either. Didn't do any of that. Didn't do any of that. Woo! Came in so low that when he was born, he was born in a cave. That's the stable. That's where they were keeping the animals at, in that little cave stable. And they laid him in a crib. The crib was actually a feed trough that the animals ate out of. And here's God, the Savior of the world, born through a virgin and into this low, low level of society. Woo! The wisdom of God, the glory of God, the confound, the so-called wisdom of men. Incredible. Incredible. I think I'd say, Lord, if I'm going to come in, let's not do this stable thing. You know, that could be a little rough, and I'm going to have to share my sleeping spot with a cow eating out of the other side of it. Uh, let's, let's like, do it through a mansion. Yes, one that's palatial. Maybe that would, like, be on the cover of, like, a travel brochure. And that way, when I grow up, people can always look back and say, Behold, the beautiful mansion and the beautiful gold-plated uh, bed uh, from which he was born and blah, blah, blah. Won't that look good? No, none of that. None of that. It really is 
low the way that he came in. I talked to my pastor one time years back when I was a young man, just beginning to get a sense that God had a calling for me in ministry, and he was raising me up in the, in, in the ministry. And uh, he said, oh, Brother Brooks, he said, he said, one thing in life is very important that when you go in into situations, when God's hand is on your life, that you go in low. Don't, don't, go, in, uh, don't go in high and pompous because now you put yourself under tremendous pressure. And if, if it's on you, you could choke. Don't do that. He said, come in very low. He said, there was a meeting I was at, and they brought the so-called bishop in. And the bishop came in with great pomp and ceremony and the music piping and the choir singing. And it's almost like they were exalting the bishop. The bishop is, and, and there should be honor. Don't get me wrong. But he said, oh, Brother Brooks, they put so much glory and honor on the bishop. And they so exalted the bishop. And he came in. He came in just floating on that, so lifted up on all of that. But then it came time to minister, and it was just a dud. And everybody knew he struck out. I mean, he didn't get on first base, much less a home run. I mean, it was just a dud message, a dud anointing, total flop. And the pastor said he came in, lifted up in arrogance, but he went out shamed. He went out shamefully. He said his head was down when he went out. He knew, he knew it was a total flop. And you know what's worse is when everybody else knows it. Take a little breath. Say, I'm going to come in low. It's not how you come in. It's how you go out. In, in the sense that the coming in low, that, 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 that's, that's okay. He'll take you out high. Well, I don't like the. No, it's okay to go in low. The, if you come in high, mm, mm, I'd rather come in low. I'd rather come in low and just leave. And people say, wow. Wow. I like my cross. I like coming in low. I talked to a lady, a lady standing outside of the meeting that I had just ministered at in Atlanta, Georgia. She didn't know who in the world I was. I'm going to this conference and some of the men in this conference, their voices were so powerful. It can knock the walls down. I'm talking men that can shout. You want, you want to see preachers? I'm telling you guys that can that can just preach and blow blow the hair off your head almost make I mean sh- make you v- reverberate and shake in your chair type preaching shout the walls down type preaching so I I come in and the lady told me this after the meeting she said I she said I walk in I and they, I'm getting I'm going up there to speak she said I looked at you and she said I said to myself what in the world is this skinny guy going to do Isn't that funny? That's my cross. By the way, I love my cross. Hallelujah. I I don't need to be Superman. I don't need to be Mr. GQ on the front of the magazine. That's not me. It, It, you know, might be for somebody else. That's not who I am. I came in off of a fast, skinny, and from all natural perspective, she said, what in the world? is this skinny guy going to do? But she said, oh, dear God, Brother Brooks, when you began the minister, oh, my Lord, I'd never, I've never seen, I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> hey, listen, it's not coming in in this spectacular thing. Pump the music up. Put the spotlight. Hey, hey. No, it's it's about the power of the spirit. The flesh profits nothing. But Jesus said it's the spirit. If the church could just get that, you, be, you, you the church would move in power. Hallelujah. Some churches do have it. They they understand. <laughs> they got to figure it out. And you can have the nice stuff, but don't ever forget where the source of the power it's God it's the Holy Spirit if you come in low there's a lifting you come in on your own strength oh wow you can get in over your head real quick and you can you can realize you're up against something that your own your own ability your own natural talent uh, this won't fly in certain environments Woo! and that's no fun to realize you're naked 
spiritually. You don't have it. Wow. Come in in the spirit. Come in in the power of God. You'll always leave feeling good. Woo! I go back to the hotel room with my little skinny self. Happy. Why? Because God's power (laughs) was flowed through me, and Jesus was exalted. Hallelujah. I like my cross. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise the Lord. It would be nice to be six foot seven, 250 pounds, and just look like somebody that stepped out of Gold's gym who's been training for eight years or 10 years. And, but that's just not what God has for me. Praise the Lord. And I'm totally happy with that. I'm happy that my IQ is not 220. When I get in the glory, my mind goes, goes areas that are even, I, I believe they're off the IQ chart. But normal day to day operation, I, I don't have any, I don't have any strain or concern that I might not be able to explain E equals MC squared to somebody. I, I'm okay that that's just not my field. Praise the Lord. But I'm happy who I am in the Lord and coming in the likeness of men. Can I, can I tell you what he came like? Isaiah 53, verse 2. For he, Jesus, that's referring to, shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. He has no stately form or comeliness. This, this, is, not, this is not like Saul. Saul, it says, was hidden shoulders above any other man, and he was handsome and good-looking, too. Okay, Jesus did not come in like that. He does not stand out in a crowd. He doesn't have the, the smile, the flash, the charisma of the flesh. He, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. There is no beauty. There's no splendor. There's nothing about his appearance that we should desire him. He's not ugly, but he is not handsome. I've I've had visions. I've seen him face to face. He has talked to me and stood just a few feet in front of me. I know exactly what he looks like. He is not this super handsome dude. I've seen the movie, The Passion. Great movie. Great acting. But but, uh, Jesus is not, he's not handsome like that. No. He's very, very normal. He's, he's just like an average-looking person. Um, now, when you do meet him, you will instantly recognize that he is the head of the church. There is. There is authority on him that is just phenomenal, mind-boggling authority. So, um, you know, he, he's got all that, and he is God, yes. He, and you know, when you, of course, when you talk to him, he dials all that splendor and glory down so that you can have, have a conversation. It's not like he's going to have you laid out on the floor all the time where you can't even look up because of the glory. There, there are the glory moments, but there's the other moments where he just comes to talk and have fellowship. So, so you know, he's, he, he dials all of that splendor down to a sense where you can, you know, communicate. But, but is, he, is he like uh, Mr. Perfect? Is he Thor? Is he Superman? Is he Hercules? Is he Mr. Super Handsome? No, no. That's, he didn't come in like that. People think he should. People think that if a God were to do that, a God would do that. He didn't do that. Why? Because he's low. He's low. It's not, it, the, the, the nature of God is serving. Woo! Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today. Let this mind be in you. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want this mind in me. Oh, there's a cross for you then. There's a cross. Everybody's got a cross to bear. You might as well you might as well embrace it. Hallelujah. <laughs> You'll find out that you like it. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. God did not humble him. He humbled himself. The book of James tells you, humble yourself in the sight of God. He'll lift you up. But you have to do it. It's your choice. It's your prerogative. It's your your initiative. It's your decision. It's your decision. And Jesus willfully, that's implied there, he willfully chose to do this. He humbled himself. Have you noticed, is it just me, or have you noticed we're going lower, lower, 
lower, lower. He's going to go even lower. If you think he's gone low, watch what he's about to do. This will blow your mind. This is why there are whole religious orders that have devoted themselves to doing nothing but studying the passion of Christ. When I talk about monastic orders, let's say like within the Catholic Church, for instance, you you have the group called the Passionist. And all they do is meditate about the wonder and the beauty of Christ at Calvary. The scourging, the, the beating, they punched him in the face. They hit him in the head with the reed. They spit on him. They yanked his beard out. They put a crown of thorns and forced it on his head. They took him to Calvary and they crucified him. This is the passion, the suffering of Christ. And the passionists are ones that just meditate on that. Why? Because remember what Paul said. Whenever you take communion, you're not proclaiming the Lord's life. You're proclaiming the Lord's death. That used to totally puzzle me and mystify me. You would almost think they, that Paul said it wrong. You would think that Paul would say when, you took, when you're taking communion, you are proclaiming his life. But Paul said, no, you're proclaiming his death. Why? Because every ounce of life, every ounce of fulfillment of your destiny, it all runs through the cross. And if you don't go through the cross, you will never fulfill what God has called you to do. You may fulfill some, you may fulfill a fraction, you may fulfill 30%, but you will never do what God has called you to do unless you go through that cross and you embrace that cross and you stay on that cross. Because remember when he was on it, They said, oh, he saved others, but he can't save himself. Why don't you show us who you really are? Why don't you come down from that cross? That's your, that's your temptation that you'll face is to abandon your cross. (laughs) Woo! Glory to God. Stay on your cross. Hallelujah. You'll love it. Just say, well, this is the vehicle through which life comes. I embrace it. And I thank God for it. Well, Pastor Stephen, if I do that, they'll laugh at me. Well, look who's laughing, though. Look who's laughing. Have you ever stopped to think about people, the people that do laugh? Mm. My friends, you're on the way to heaven. You're on the way to eternal glory. You're on the way to joy and, and, and a life that is so phenomenal, it will never end for all eternity. Go with the Lord. If you go with the Lord, not only will he bless you, you'll pull many along. You'll find that even many of the skeptics and the mockers, secretly, many of them actually admire you. And they wish they could have your convictions. They wish they could have your courage. They wish they could have your ability to do the right thing when everybody else is wanting to do the wrong thing. They actually really admire you. And you'll have the Nicodemuses come to you at night and say, hey, you know, I'm really a secret follower of, of, of the Lord. Uh, I just, you know, I, help me, help me to figure this walk out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, he's going to go lower. Watch this. He humbled himself. He, remember, he willfully did it. God will not force you to be humble. You must choose to be humble. You must say, I embrace this, Lord. I move into this. This is, the, this is the, the way that I want to go. Hallelujah. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point. Watch this. Obedient to the point of death. Well, I'll be obedient, Pastor Steve. I don't, I don't know if I want to go that far. Okay. You can still go to heaven. He died, he died for you to receive forgiveness of sin. So you're, you're saved by grace through faith, you're, you're good to go. But there is an obedience unto death. There is an obedience that says, I'll do anything for you, Lord, to the best of my ability and to the, uh, to the willingness of my heart, as far as I know, Lord, I lay my whole life down for you. I'll do anything you say, anything you say, Lord, I just want you to know, I want to stay in that mode of freedom and of liberty with you, where you really are not just my savior, but you're also my Lord. Okay. Now watch this. He became obedient to the point of death. Oh, okay. Well, Lord. All right. Let's stop there. Okay. So, uh, so father, 
Holy Spirit, if I'm going to come to the earth and uh, I'm, I, it looks like I'm going to have to die to redeem mankind. Mankind has all tainted by sin. Nobody can come now to you, Father, because they've been separated because of their sin. So I'm going to have to die for them. So, uh, Father, if I'm going to die for them, uh, let me get it over. That This is me thinking if I were the Redeemer, let, let's just make it a quick, easy death something that won't last very long, something maybe that will be like a going out in a blaze of glory. Let's do it like this. I'll just speak in front of a gigantic crowd, and somebody can shoot me with a gun, and that way I die real quick. And, you know, I was right in the middle of a great speech, and then I will be uh, buried, and I kind of like go out kind of like looking really cool. Yeah. And then they'll think, yeah, yeah, boy, what a great speech he gave. Yeah, I think we should really consider following this guy. But no, he was willing to be obedient to the point of death, but he didn't stop there. Watch this. Even the death of the cross? Wow. Look, I, I can't follow Muhammad. I, I, I can't do it. He, he didn't die for me. I, I can't follow him. I can't follow Buddha. Uh, Buddha never, he never died, never did anything for me. He never died for me. I, I can't follow any of these other world religions and their founders. I can't, I can't follow any other, uh, any other thing. None of them, none of them ever died for me, but he did. Even, not only he, did he die for me, he, he did, he did the most awful, painful death that an ingenious, evil, wicked, perverted, twisted mind could imagine. Crucifixion. Crucifixion. Where his hands had nails driven through them. His feet had nails driven through them. It's basically a form of suffocation. You drown trying to gasp and breathe for air. And it's, it's the whole passion experience, too, leading up to the crucifixion. So it's not only a death. It's the most agonizing, degrading, humiliating, painful death that has ever been imagined in human history. That's, that's what he did. That's how, that's how he flies. He comes in low. He came in so low that most of the people couldn't even... Uh, no, no, this guy can't be the Savior. No, 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 no. we got to have a guy coming in here on a white horse... We gotta have a guy with a long flowing white robe. We gotta have we gotta have somebody come in here and throw these Romans out. We want our nation back. We need a political leader. We need a religious leader. We need an economic leader. We need somebody who can shake it up. No, 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 no. We can't have this guy coming in here on a donkey. No, no. Dying on the cross. No. Yes, that's how he came in. By the way, let this mind be in you. Woo! Woo! Glory to God. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Therefore, verse 9, therefore is a word that means the sum total of what we have just read and talked about. Therefore, in other words, because of this, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He went so low, and now because of that, God has exalted him so high. Now remember this, his lifting up is also our lifting up, according to Ephesians 2, verse 6, that when the Father raised him, he also, in his mind, in, in that position of our being in Christ, raised us with him. Everything we have is through him. He died so that we might live. He died so that his resurrection would not only lift him, but lift us he didn't die for himself. He didn't need to. He died for us so that we could be lifted with him through his resurrection and seated with him in the heavenly realms. And so everything we have is because of Christ. Now, because of this, your destiny can be fulfilled, manifested, and realized as evidenced in the following verse. Verse 12, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more my absence, work out, work out out 
remember with that mentality of Christ, work out your own salvation, your own assignment, your own destiny, your calling and your purpose. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. The resurrection power of Christ in you. Glory to God. The the power of the cross in you, keeping you humble so that the glory of God can be evidenced through you with mighty workings of the Spirit of God. Smith Wigglesworth, who was greatly used by God as an apostle of faith, said one day, the whole world is at my feet. And the moment he said it, he said, oh, Wigglesworth, you'll be going home soon. And he died just a few weeks after that. God lifted him. The, the lower he went with his uneducated self, with his plumber trade skill background, with nothing to boast of, no theology school, no formal ministerial education, just a person that God found who was rough around the edges, but he found the man that would believe him, and God said, all right, I can work with you. There's nothing you can boast in. You don't have anything to boast about, so I'm going to flow my power through you, and God did. And it was only when he began to get over to a place where he began to think, hey, look at me. I'm getting invitations all over. Aren't I something? And he spoke it out. And he said, oh, God. See, you've got to fly low. If you fly, <laughs> if you fly low, you'll fly high. Mm, that's why while you're flying high, stay on the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus, today. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. Don't, don't start thinking it's you. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, I, I made $100,000 last month. Good. Give God praise. Pay your tithe and stay on the cross. Hallelujah. Let this mind be in you. Don't ever get away from that servant mentality. Don't ever uh, get an attitude of arrogance that somehow this is you. No, give God the glory. Give God the glory. Give Jesus all the glory. Hallelujah. And stay in that mode. Stay in that mode. Oh, God, we give you praise. That's how you fulfill your destiny. That's how you walk it out into fullness, in the fullness. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, I was in the meeting last week, and, and God worked through me, and I, I touched three dead people, and they jumped right up. Hallelujah. Good. Good. Now, you go back into your prayer time. Calm yourself, reposition yourself, continue to spend time with the Lord and, uh, and continue to pray for people, but stay grounded. Stay at the foot of the cross. Hallelujah. Don't, don't get all pomp on us now. Don't, don't start getting into this thing where now, now you're Mr. Super Duper and, uh, you know, you know, you can't, you can't have anybody around you. You might get a germ. Okay. We might breathe on you or, you know, accidentally uh, bump up against you and touch and touch you. No, no. Be normal. Okay. Praise the Lord. We know there needs to be protocol. We know there needs to be structure. We know there still needs to be, uh, you know, we, we have to have boundaries and, you know, parameters in life so that we can be healthy. Okay. Uh, so, but at the same time, you know, stay low. If you stay low, God will keep you flying high. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ and this great mystery of his entry into the world, which is, which is, uh, which is heavyweight. Lord, you want your people not to be lightweights, but to be heavyweights. Heavyweights go through the pattern of the cross. Father, let this mind be in us. Lord, let not the mind of boastful, egotistical men be in us, but let the mind of Christ be in us. Now we thank you. We give you praise. And because of this, we thank you for your power flowing through us, that you will work through us, speak through us, manifest through us, and you will bring great glory to your name through us because we choose to embrace this pattern and this way of thinking. Now, Father, we praise you. 
We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Be happy because God's going to work great works through you. Hallelujah. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And it's going to make him real happy to do some great things through you. So be happy. Be happy. And after great victories, after great moments, go right back to your place of prayer and say, Lord, I thank you. I acknowledge that was your goodness, your glory. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Just want you to know I'm back. Hallelujah. Having fun with you. Let's go do it again. Let's do some more. Hallelujah. But Lord, I'm back at the foot of the cross. Hallelujah. Praise God. My friends enjoy the Christian life. It is a life of victory. Hallelujah. Well, let us celebrate the Lord and his amazing grace by taking communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we consecrate it. We set it apart and sanctify it. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Another divine mystery of many. So, Father, we just thank you. So, Father, we thank you that as we receive the body of Christ, we receive the word, the living word, the word made flesh. Father, we praise you. We thank you for Jesus. May our lives reflect his glory. Father, we thank you. Let the mind of Christ be our mind. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we receive now the body of Christ. Anything that's beautiful, anybody that can sing like an angel, anybody that a guy that looks like an Absalom, with which in the Bible says he was so incredibly handsome, any woman like an Esther, very beautiful lady, anywhere you see beauty, if it's not redeemed, if it's not redeemed, it will not glorify the Lord. And even in the church, when it has been redeemed and now belongs to Jesus, if it is not consecrated to the Lord, it will never reach its potential and its destiny will never be realized. It must be constantly kept at Calvary. Hallelujah. Or else it will lift itself up and begin to draw the attention to itself. And the next thing you know, the next thing you know, the person has drifted. And now the world has said, hey, you've got something. We like you. Come over here. Change the words up a little bit. And just sing it this. Sing it like this. Put a little sensuality in there. We can mix you right in and we'll make you millions and millions of dollars. Mmm. Wow. Hey, you're real handsome. You look great on camera. Why don't you take your clothes off? We could use you in some movies that would be a little bit shady if you're willing to do it. But hey, you can make a lot of money. Anything of natural beauty has to be run through the cross in order to be accepted by God. Praise the Lord. Or else God can't use it. Samuel the prophet looked at the oldest son that Jesse had and said, surely, surely, yes. Ah, look at that guy. Woo, look at the way the oil's in his hair. He slicked his hair back. Look at the tan on that guy. He's got olive-looking skin. Look at those eyes. Yes, surely this is the Lord's anointed. The Lord said, I have rejected him. <laughs> Samuel's like, whoa, Woo. What? He was 180% wrong. He was, he was just totally, totally missed it. The great prophet was completely wrong. God said, I've rejected him. I don't look on the outward appearance. I look at the heart. Welcome to the cross. Hallelujah. Woo. If it's not redeemed, God can't use it. Lord, we thank you. The vehicle of redemption is the, the humility, the servitude, 
of the nature of Christ on the cross. Hallelujah. And if you're willing to embrace that, you and God can hook up and do some awesome things together. But if you do it without him, it won't amount to anything. You'll cross over to the other side. Your life will have ended. I'm not saying you can't make heaven, but I'm just saying you'll, you'll find out no reward. No reward. He is not obligated to bless disobedience. And he can't bless disobedience. He cannot reward you for disobedience. If you try to save your life, he said you'll lose it in the end. If you lose it, you'll actually find out what your life calling really is. And if you're not willing to surrender and go through that, then, you know, have a nice life. But it's not the life of victory, and it's not the life that God has for you. Praise the Lord. Things to consider. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Deal with, these, deal with anything that would try to keep you from the cross. Deal with it. Anything that would try to keep you from going 100% commitment to God. Work it out and deal with it. Because your destiny is on the line. Hallelujah. God doesn't want just some of you. He wants all of you. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Woo! We receive it with thanksgiving today and praise. Thank you, Father. Let us receive now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Revelations beginning to flow right now. You're starting to see into your into your future right now. God's starting to show he's right now. You're starting to get an understanding of your assignment. Right now, you're starting to get a little bit of a picture of what you're here on this planet for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Father, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation flow right now into your people. Now, we thank you for this. So you might just want to hang out in the glory for a few moments and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you and just look. Just look. You be very quiet and still and just look at what the Lord is showing you of what it is that he's going to have you merging into more, stepping into more, and it's probably a little bit different than perhaps what you thought, but it sure is good. Hallelujah. All you have to do in life is do what he called you to do. You're not responsible for doing all kinds of other stuff. All you have to do is do what he called you to do. Stay on task. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you. We bless you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And we love living for you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. My friends, it's been great with you today. I'll see you next time. Have an amazing week. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.